Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast. Our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so that they can lead like Jesus. I am Chad Simpson, and I'm joined by my co-host, Gian Lemmy. Chad, I hope you're doing well. This episode is a unique one because you got to interview somebody who is not a coach, but who has studied sports for a very long time. Yeah. Today we got Paul Putz, Dr. Paul Putz. Uh, he's the assistant director of the Faith and Sports Institute at Baylor's Truett Seminary. And uh, he has given a lot of thought and a lot of time studying um, just what does the, the Bible say about sports and faith and culture? Um, I, I really like this one, Chad, because um, he had a lot of one-liners that we can all take, you know, and I won't spoil for any of the coaches. We'll, we can talk about that on the back end of the episode. But I really liked how he talked about the importance of sports in developing um, our character and the development of of people. And I think sometimes Christians overlook that the importance of sports and the effectiveness of sports teaching those skills. Um, and he goes into a lot of depth in that. Yeah. And he, he I also love how he gets into the blind spots uh, of coaches or just athletes and uh, some things that we need to be careful of as we, uh, you know, live out our faith and in, in this sports arena. But, uh, Coach, we are so excited to, to get into this interview, and we're going to start it right now. All right, Paul Putz, uh, welcome to the to the Christian Coach Podcast. We're, we're so excited to have you. I know you've done a lot of uh, time thinking and, and reading and, and studying Christianity and sports, and so we just want to hear from you. But what, what does it mean to you to be a Christian coach? Well, thanks for having me, Chad. I've, I've enjoyed listening to the episodes and, and the conversations you've had. So it's good to be good to be a part of it. Uh, you know, I, this I know is supposed to be sort of the power question, right? Just like an easy softball and then we get into things. But I, I actually really like reflecting on this question, you know, Christian coach, because I think it really gets at um, some really, you know, foundational stuff about identity and about how we even conceive the work that coaches do. Um, so, so, I mean, you know, at a basic level, I'd say to be a Christian coach, it's, it's, it's a matter of identity. And in some cases, it's a matter of like boxes you check, right? So you'd say, I'm a Christian and I'm a coach. So I'm, I'm, my religion is Christian, check that box off. My vocation is coach, check that box off. And, and those are sort of, you know, two pieces of, of who you are. But I think like aspirationally, in terms of what we would want Christian coaches to aspire to be, I would want to conceive it not as like a, a, a horizontal phrase, Christian coach, but maybe we think of it more vertically, right? So we have a Christian, think of that word above the word coach, right? And, and, and when I think of it in that sense, um, there, there's this quote by a, a theologian, Howard Thurman, he was a civil rights activist too, um, that, that comes to mind here. He, he, he liked to say, um, we place a crown over their heads that they're always trying to grow tall enough to wear. And he's talking there about the work that he did with young people, right? He's saying by placing a crown over the head, you, you give them an identity. You, you speak truth about who they are, even though they're not there yet. Um, and, and, and that sort of motivates them and inspires them to, to reach up, to grow into this identity that they've been given. And so if we think about Christian as an identity given to you by God, and it's then something that as a coach, we're trying to grow into that. And we never will fully right? We're never going to, as a coach, you're not going to be the perfect Christian, but, but you still have that sense that, 
that your gods, that, that your Christ, and that because of that, because of that identity you've been given, there's a crown you have. Even the Bible uses this language of a crown that you get a chance to grow into and live into. So, so to me, to be a Christian coach is to be one who's been given this, this identity. And then you're working, you're aspiring to live up to it. You're going to fail, but you're at least working towards that by God's grace. And I think that ultimately, to me at least, that's what we want Christian coaches to be. That's uh, really good. We've we've discussed and heard a lot uh, digging into the heart and into the identity. And um, before we hear more, I want to hear just a little bit about your your journey. And can you just share a little bit about your your upbringing, your your sports involvement, and, and faith development as a youngster? Grew up in in small town Nebraska, and uh, yeah, sports and faith were a big part of of just who I how how I saw myself. Um, I played all the sports. Growing up, a basketball is the one I ended up latching onto, so I played that into into college a little bit, and and then as a Christian, my dad was a pastor. He was bivocational, so he drove UPS trucks during the week, and then he he preached on Sundays, and so you know I, I knew I was a Christian, and I knew I also wanted to be an athlete, and and those two parts were pretty foundational to how I saw myself. In terms of you know bringing those together, uh, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes was huge for me in, in high school, especially. My my basketball coach Joel Heiser was also an FCA leader, and he really mentored me, helped me for the first time start to think about bringing those identities, a Christian and an athlete, together. And you know, to this day, I've, I have a lot of respect for 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 uh, Coach Heiser. Um, I still keep in touch with him. I th- I think he really set me on the journey to try to think and explore more deeply. Uh, what it means to be a Christian involved with sports. So, uh, you know, I'm thankful. I'm lucky that that I had that experience growing up, those mentors who could help me think in those terms. So, so helpful. I love hearing the stories of, of the coaches that do uh, use their platform and influence young people and just look at the multiplication process uh, of the work that he's done for you. But um, it looked like you, you went on to a, a Christian college um, can you just talk to me about the journey and the decision-making on deciding to get your master's in history and then go on to get your doctorate? Yeah, I, I, you know, I mentioned earlier, I played a little bit of college basketball. This was at Grace University, which not the Grace University in Indiana. That's a bigger Christian college. This one was in Omaha, Nebraska. It actually doesn't exist anymore. So unfortunately, it's one of those smaller schools that shut down a couple of years ago. But uh, I went there, played basketball there. We actually we won the NCCAA uh, Division II national title. Uh, you know, when I when I was when I was involved, which was exciting to be a part of a winning team, even if it's you know small college ball. After that, after college, I became a high school teacher. So I was I was teaching social studies and trying to figure out actually if I wanted to coach or if I wanted to pursue this sort of academic historian route. And um, by taking my master's in history, I really, I fell in love with um, thinking more deeply about the past and especially how it shapes the present. So my wife, Bethany and I had conversations after I got my master's while I'm teaching high school and then said, if, if you know, we can go to a place, get to a university where we get a fully funded PhD, where we get um, enough of a stipend to live on so we don't have to take out any loans to do it. That's sort of our sense that this is what God wants us to do. And so fortunately, I, I you know, ended up getting that uh, from Baylor University. So in 2013, we, we uh, packed up our stuff in Nebraska, moved down to Baylor, and you know, started, I started work on 
getting a doctorate in history. And, and really, you know, for me, it was, in, in a lot of ways, it was about uh, understanding my own roots, getting a sense of sort of a broader perspective of this story that I, as a Christian, was a part of. And I think history is a great way to do that, to, to, to you know, step back, get a bigger picture view, realize that you and your specific moment in time aren't that special, and yet you are special because you're one part of this much bigger story of, of what has gone on, whether it's the story of your, you know, your, your community, the story of your, your country, the story of your religious uh, affiliation. And then as Christians, of course, the most important story is the story of what God has done in the world. And, and I love how history can, can help us understand that better. Um, during your time uh, doing the doctorate, did you have any, any like uh, major life lessons from history or the, the history of sports or coaching? It was a lot of fun to, to research what I did. I'll be honest. I, I kind of had to go against the grain. I got a little pushback when I said I wanted to, to write my dissertation and study sports and Christianity. There's sort of some academics have a little bit of this sense that sports isn't serious. And, and I, think, I, I think that has it completely wrong. I think sports are one of the most foundational activities in terms of shaping our, 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 our moral development, shaping even our intellectual life. The lessons that we learn through sports are profound and they stick with us even more than a lot of the things that we you know, learn in the classroom. So, so I really wanted to look at sports and look at the history of Christianity and sports. And I was able to, to, to do that and write a dissertation on that. I think, you know, in terms of takeaways, I have some boring takeaways that like academic historians, uh, you know, would be sort of interested in. And in terms of like thinking specifically about like what, what would be good for, for coaches, I, mean, I think two of the biggest um, would be related to how culture shapes our faith. And, and, and what I mean by that is when you look at the history of how Christians have engaged with sports in the United States, which is what I studied, you realize that there are some things that during different eras in history, Christians have just taken for granted as this is the thing that Christians do. And what they've really done is they've adopted the perspective of the culture around them. And they haven't really put that in the framework of what God actually says, uh, you know, what, what biblical truth is. The most, really the, the most tragic example of this is when it comes to race. So I, I had to look at, you know, the early 1900s, looking at how Christians involved in sports were approaching questions of race. And the sad truth is that most Christians involved in sports, um, white Christians in particular, they either accepted racism and supported it, or they didn't fight against it. They didn't challenge it. And, and I think that's an example of how culture was, was shaping faith uh, in, in, in a really tragic way. And so there are other examples we saw, uh, you know, I saw too, of just being, being immersed in a culture and not thinking about it uh, reflectively to make sure that we're actually living into to what God would call us to be. And we can see that happen um, in any activity, whether it's Christians in sports or Christians in business, Christians, I mean, the church itself can fall into this. And so that's why I think it's critical to always be, be pausing, reflecting, um, looking at the cultural messages that we receive so that we can make sure we're bringing those, you know, under the rule and reign of Christ. In terms of you know, more practical uh, takeaways. One of the biggest for me, it was, it was to see these famous coaches as real people. And, and what I mean by that is, so, so I got to, to go look at 
um, archives, letters, like internal documents, diaries of, of, of people like John Wooden, Branch Rickey, Amos Alonzo Stagg. I mean, these are the really, really important um, Christian leaders from the past. And, and what I saw there, it was, it was sort of eye-opening because a lot of times we present these figures as if they have it all together, that they know all the right answers and you know that's why they're so successful. And actually they're full of doubt. They are full of anxiety. They're full, I mean, they're real people, right? They have strong emotions and sometimes they, they even feel like imposters sometimes. And, and so there's seeing the reality of what, what these coaches are actually saying and how they're thinking and the burdens they carry. It, it was actually pretty, pretty inspiring uh, for me to see that because you realize the humanity even behind these, these great men and women of the past, uh, they weren't perfect. They had their struggles. And, and I think that's much more relatable if we wanna you know, look at models for, for what Christian coaches can do today. It's not to say, hey, you need to be perfect like this championship coach. It's to say, you know what, despite the flaws of this coach, they were able to, to you know, still grind and, and, and you know, accomplish things despite their fears, doubts, and anxieties. And just to be able to be open about those and, and bring those to the light, um, I think that's freeing. And I think that helps us connect with each other too. Is there any other coaches uh, other than, than Coach Wooden, uh, or maybe one that's less famous that, that you would really direct a, a young coach, hey, you need to read this book or get a hold of this so that you can uh, keep growing as a Christian coach? Yeah, I, uh, so, so one, of the, one, one that I really admire is Dean Smith, who is famous. Right. Um, so he, he coaches at North Carolina and I like Dean Smith because he, he actually would write about the way that um, his theology is influencing how he's thinking about coaching. So he read he read a lot of, of theologians and, and really, you know, was was a, a deep thinker, philosophical. Um, and and he even wrote, you know, he there's an article he wrote that, that I actually use in a class I teach on sports and theology that he calls the, the coaching as a sacred calling. And, and he was one of these first coaches who wrestled with that question of, is coaching really a Christian thing to do? Is it a Christian vocation? And he ultimately came down on seeing coaching as something God would have him do as, hey, I might not be in full-time, quote unquote, full-time ministry, um, but God calls all of us in whatever vocation we're at to serve him. And what a great opportunity to be a coach uh, that we have to, to do that work. So, so Dean Smith really was one of those, those first early Christian coaches um, that, that we see in the 50s and 60s to bring that together, to, to talk about coaching as a, a, a sacred vocation, something where you can, you can be doing God's work and changing lives. So, so I love you know, Dean Smith for that in terms of uh, coaches to look to. There's others you know, more in, in recent times. Frank Reich is one I really like, a football coach. Um, he's another one who's um, I guess he's a seminary guy there. He attended seminary for a while as someone who works at a seminary. I like to, to point to those, but you don't have to attend seminary to do this work. Dean Smith didn't. Um, Tony Bennett's one. I mean, these are names that a lot of Corey Close at UCLA. I've heard her um, and she's, she's thoughtful. Uh, I like how she approaches things. Of course, Tony Dungy, Mike Tomlin. Um, but what I would say is there, there are so many great famous coaches, so many, you know, that we can point to who have success at the highest levels and, and, and at the same time, they have this philosophy that, that we can learn from. And I'm sure listeners to this and you yourself, you probably have a list of those. What I would say, along with learning from those, because you can, find someone local who, who's been doing it 
faithfully for decades, right? Just maybe they don't have the best win loss record. Maybe, you know, maybe they, they aren't like, they don't have titles and championships, but get to know someone in your context, in your community, who's been a high school coach, a college coach for decades and who's faithfully served Christ and just ask them how they've done it. Because I think sometimes we do, we, we, we put the, the championship success up high on a pedestal and, and winning matters like that. We, we, as coaches, you need to, to try to figure out how can I help my team win? That's why you get paid. Um, but at the same time, as a Christian coach, you, you want to think about how do I serve and love my players well? And a lot of times the people who have done that most effectively, they're not the ones who are writing books. They're not the ones who, you know, get, get a lot of attention. They're just putting their heads down and doing it. So find those people, uh, find one of the, some of those coaches who are in your community that no one probably knows about. And I think you can learn as much from them as you could from some of the more famous ones. That's one thing I've really enjoyed about this podcast is having some of the guys that are lesser well-known um, come and share with us. You know, if I can find somebody with, with the, the gray or the white hair that's done it uh, for 30 or 40 years, um, and I can pull a, a paper uh, of notes. Um, but for you, as you've um, studied and, and talked to many Christian coaches, are there any commonalities that, that you have found uh, with a Christian coach, you know, from John Wooden to, to the no-name NAIA coach? Like, what are they doing uh, at their schools to, uh, you know, coach for Christ? That's a really good question. And I, I think probably the commonality, it, it gets back to what I mentioned earlier with what it means to be a Christian coach. Probably the commonality is just that they're, they're trying to apply their faith to coaching. And, and some of them, you know, the, there's highs and lows to that. There's, there's points where they mess up big time. And when you, when you're wearing that label of Christian and then you have, you know, a downfall or, you know, you, you mess up, um, it can put the spotlight even more on you. Right. And, and so some, some of these create, and we need to claim those, that's, those people are part of us. You know, we don't shun them because, you know, there's some coach who, who's a Christian and, and they mess up big time. It's like, no, they're, they're part of the Christian coaching community, just as much as the one who seems to have it all together is um, some, some coaches are more bombastic, right? They're, they're more, going to be more aggressive and, and other coaches are more low key. Um, but, but I, so, so, so I think there's not one personality trait. I think, you know, if we think about the, the, the image of God and in the way God creates us uniquely, there's going to be just some who like your personality is more to, to um, um, kind of be the calm demeanor, you know, but there's someone else who's going to be in your face and actually God can be glorified in both of those. So, so I, I think, I don't want to point to a personality as the thing that defines it, but I, but I do think it's the intentionality. It's the, the desire to keep learning, to keep growing, to realize you don't have it all together to say, there's more I need to learn that God isn't finished with me yet. You know, I'm not where I should be, but I know God is continuing to work on, on me to make me better. And as long as there's that spark of intentionality and desire to grow, to, you know, grow into the crown kind of as, as we put it earlier, that's the thing that I think I see most in Christian coaches. I mean, uh, the, the, the desire to, 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 to uh, um, you know, even if, they're, even if they've won titles and championships and have the success, the desire to, to, to find some way to keep improving or some area where God's still working on their heart. I think that's, to me, the most powerful indicator. And there will be different levels to where people are. Some Christian coaches are going to be newer in the faith. Some have maybe been Christians for a while and they're having a tough time. And it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not going great for them. 
but but that that spark of intentionality is still there. So so that's what I would say. There's not it's not necessarily easy to to pick it out um, in, in terms of of a certain thing they do or habit or practice, but there is a heart posture that's a part of it. I love that. Just uh, the idea of just trying, like keep keep going. And uh, I'm reminded of the psalm, like uh, as a Christian coach, if I can pray this one every day, every week, just like search me, oh God, and know my heart. Like even two weeks ago, maybe things were going great. I was walking with him, coaching and impacting players. And then just maybe it's today I'm just down and, and in a funk, you know, and uh, just search me, oh God, know my heart and, uh, and lead me in the way everlasting. Um, but let me re- just reverse the question for you. Like there, we're talking about the, the positive things that we can be doing, just growing, moving forward. But what would you say? I, I've heard, you know, talking about race, talking about um, the the culture uh, leading our faith rather than um, thinking biblically about it. Um, but are there any other like glaring blind spots or mistakes that you see Christian coaches making? That's a, that is a really good question. Um, and, and, you know, you know, I, I would say like when it, when it comes to race, um, and, 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 or, or, or other issues, um, a lot of times it's Christian coaches, like, like you, you put it, it's, it's not so much that Christian coaches are, are worse than all the other coaches messing up. It's that they're the kind of just following the crowd, right? They're not, they're not leading in a way where their faith takes, takes charge. Um, if we think about other blind spots, I, I, you know, we, we could say one potentially that I see it's, it's the way that we think about uh, success. And, and this isn't a huge blind spot. So this isn't like a, a, a major, you know, issue. I think it's, it's just the part of the culture we breathe in. And, and what I would say about that is a lot of times we, uh, and as Christian coaches that I've looked at that I've studied, a lot of times Christian coaches start with the results as the validation for the philosophy. So, you know, like with, it's with Wooden's principles, um, which I believe are absolutely something that every coach should read and think about and study. But why is it that, that Wooden's principles are the things that we look at so much? It's because he won national titles, like no one else has won national titles. What if he hadn't won those? Would those, would those principles still resonate with us? Would we still be drawn to them? I don't know. I, I don't think so. Um, and, and, you know, we see this a lot, a, a lot of times, you know, when you look at, as I have, I've read books on, on Christian leaders and Christian coaches spanning like a hundred years now. Um, some of the first literature is put out in the 1920s. So we really, really are going on a hundred years of Christian coaches writing about their lessons and, and leadership lessons. And we see a lot of the same ideas, which are really good ideas but the, the sort of the same ideas are repackaged. And oftentimes the, the, they're you know, repackaged with the face of the, whoever the new and latest winner is, you know, whoever's won the national title most recently or, or had a turnaround season. And, and sort of we latch on to that success um, on the field. And, 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 and I think too often we let that be the thing that's, that we're really drawn to. It's not the philosophy behind it. It's not even the process as much as, Every coach that I've talked with talks about process as most important, but at the end of the day, results are what matters for, for a coach, um, whether they like it or not, that's part of the hiring and firing and all this process. So to somehow fight against letting the on-field results be the determining factor for how we think about our Christian faith applied to coaching is such a hard thing to do. 
And so I hesitate to call that like a huge flaw um, because it's like, it's such an impossible situation in some ways, but I just think it's something that, that maybe Christian coaches can continue to reflect on. Like, am I, am I drawn to that coach because of, of how much they've won? Or is there actually really something about their ideas that resonates with my faith that resonates with what I know about God? And, and, and so checking your, checking your heart for those things can be helpful, but at the same time, look, as a coach, your job is to win games. I, like, I, I don't, you know, I think we shouldn't hide from that fact. Um, you're, you're going to be judged based on how well your players perform on the field or on the court, and you shouldn't shun that responsibility. You want to develop them, their technical skills, their abilities, and you want to try to win games. And there is nothing wrong with that. Um, but it's when we take that winning and then we sort of try to make that the thing that defines how our faith is applied to the sports, that's where we can start to have some trouble. And so trying to, to make sure we're careful about that, I think is important. That's really good. I, I remember back to, to being a student athlete, you know, being told as in like 2006, or why is Tiger Woods' face on the Gatorade bottle? It's because he's a winner, he's the best. And we were just challenged that, that if the world's gonna listen to us, it's because we're winning. And, uh, and, and I think as a coach, so many coaches really wrestle with that that success on that transformation versus transactional thought. And, um, man, I've, I've, I've wrestled with it back and forth, um, really, really tough. And, and as I think about it, like, I think it's like the throne of my heart. Like when Jesus says like, uh, you, uh, you cannot have two masters. I feel like, um, I have to say that Jesus is Lord and I want to be elite. I want to win, but I think Jesus has to be Lord has to be on top. Um, that's but. great. Yeah, right. It's about priorities, you know, rightly ordered loves, you know, like it's okay to want things, desire things. But the question is, what's first, you know? And so if we're loving the right thing and that's on top and, and it's our love for God, or at least we're trying to do that because we won't do it perfectly, but that's the thing that we're striving for. Then those other loves, love of sports, even love of winning, um, you know, it, it, they can go in unhealthy ways, but also there can be this desire to, to, to succeed. Um, even those things, we can, we can, we can see those in sort of the, the rightly ordered relationship. Uh, it's tough to get there, but you're exactly right. You know, it's, we shouldn't reject that and be like, no, I'm not going to try to win. No, no, it's, it's about rightly ordering our priorities. And then when, whether we win or lose, being able to approach that in a healthy perspective. Well said, uh, I really love that. And, um, just for, for our time, I did want to ask you uh, just to give it a little preview or just a short teaser. I know you're writing a book, The, the Spirit of the Game, and I was just curious, uh, what's that about? How are you doing uh, in the writing process? Well, I'm working on it. I'm, I'm trying, I'm plugging away. So this is actually part of um, that dissertation research I did. It sort of came out of that. And and it gets into what I mentioned earlier, the way that that Christian engagement with sports has been a part of American culture. In a lot of ways, it's a history of, of how Christians have engaged with sports and, and um, the, the ways that their engagement was both shaped by American culture and has shaped um, American culture over the years. So I look at pretty much 100 years, going from the 1920s to the present, and I look at the rise of organizations like the Fellowship of Christian Athletes or Athletes in Action. Um, I, I look at the philosophies and the theologies um, I look at the way different, you know, coaches that some I mentioned earlier, like a stag or a wooden, um, the, the way that they've, they've been involved in that process. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's sort of a, trying to put forward a comprehensive history of, 
of my own uh, background, um, as someone who was shaped in such a powerful way by the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, I kind of wanted to get the story of how did that happen? You know, it's not like, you know, not like this just came out of nowhere, but people made choices and built up institutions and, 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 and developed ideas about what it means to be a Christian and an athlete that shaped my life. And so I wanted to try to tell that story. And so when it, when it finally comes out, it'll hopefully, um, uh, you know, provide one way of, of helping, helping folks who are Christians in sports understand the bigger picture of, of this broader narrative that we're involved with. That's awesome. When do you hope to get that completed? I'm hoping it'll be done, uh, published in 2022. So I'll, I'll try to finish it up this summer. I, you know, a lot of my, my writing time um, goes to developing some, some curriculum that we do here at the seminary um, with the Faith and Sports Institute. But uh, I, I, have, I have targeted, you know, it's on my calendar to get the thing done this summer. I've got five of the seven chapters done. So just got to, you know, keep grinding and then hopefully get there. That's awesome. Well, when it comes out, I, I can't wait to, to read it. And uh, we'll have to bring you on for, for another uh, episode here to, to keep chatting more. But just wanted to ask, is there any way that we can be praying for you today? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, one, one, one thing is, is I mentioned the Faith and Sports Institute just a second ago. It's where I work uh, here, at, here at Baylor at our seminary. And so we're, we're in process of um, kind of re, relaunching a website and, uh, um, you know, doing, making public some things we've been working on for, for a while. And so just for, you know, prayers for the, uh, the, the, the work that, that we're trying to do at the Faith and Sports Institute and, and, and some of the new initiatives, um, that, that uh, God's hand would be in that, guiding that. And uh, that we'd be faithful to, to what we feel the work is that, that God has called us to. I think um, that that's a really big one right now. And then, you know, as, as, a, as a dad, um, I, I know before we even started this call, my daughter came in and interrupted us. Um, but as a dad of, of eight and six-year-old and then a three-year-old, I constantly need prayer for how I am being a dad, um, how I'm engaging in their lives, knowing how important it is. Um, you know, just the shaping and formative influence a father plays. So I constantly need prayer for that. So that can be another thing. It's awesome. Well, I, uh, me as well, what a, what's a wrestle, a big, big task, big job to, to be a father. And I am so excited for the, the Faith and Sports Institute and the work that you guys are doing and turn into that, that world. But let's just pray right now. God, we just uh, look to you. You're the author and the perfecter of our faith. Um, uh, we know that, that you have plans for us, and um, we are just thankful for this time, for this conversation, um, and we just pray that you would continue to bless the, um, the seminary there and, and the work that Paul's doing, that, that you would just use him to, to be the light, to influence um, as, he, as he's writing and as he's uh, working with, with young people who are thinking through sports and, and Jesus and faith, um, and, and we also just pray for him as a father that you would just use him to engage well and love well and serve well in his home. God, we, we just look forward to what you're doing in Paul and through Paul. And uh, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I really like this one, Chad, um, because it, it wasn't, 
um, like our normal interview process with just coaches and asking for tips or what these coach do in this situation and that situation. But I really like the, the, the point of view of somebody who studied Christianity and sports and the intersection that it has. Um, the, the one liner that I really liked, Chad, was it's not the personality, it's the intentionality that defines a Christian coach. And I think sometimes we look at Tony Dungy and we should all imitate Tony Dungy where maybe that will work for somebody, some of us, but a lot of us are not Tony Dungy and we still got to be a Christian coach and still be intentional in developing um, young people and developing our staff and families um, to be followers of Christ. Yeah, and I liked how he got into those those blind spots, how how culture can shape our faith. He got into the blind spot of just the racial injustice. Uh, and then the last one was just how results um, validate for our philosophy. Um, and and I love, obviously, me and Gian, we're, we're hosting this, this uh, podcast, and we love thinking through Christian coaching and, and how to influence, but we just wanted to encourage you all to not just keep this in your mind and not just think through these things, but let it transform the way you live. And that's that's why every time we hang up this this phone call, this uh, this podcast, we want you guys to just remember whether you're walking through the, the, the door to your home or getting out uh, the equipment for practice, that that the mission field is right where you're at.